Hey everybody, welcome to the No Season 2 podcast. I'm George, that's Megan. We haven't had an episode in a few weeks. We had vacations and July 4th. We're going to get into a little bit of that before we get into today's episode of my so-called life called Strangers in the House. Before we do anything, Megan, it has been way too long. How have you been? It has been a long time. <laughs> I've been good. I was on vacation. I went to Alaska for my 20-year high school reunion. Hell yeah. I got sunburned in Alaska. <laughs> That's the thing that can happen. Yeah, usually I'm a little more like vigilant about my sunscreen application, but I had been drinking all day <laughs> on July 4th because that's all there is to do. You start drinking right after the parade and you don't stop until you get back to your room. So. I didn't, I, I hate that uh, I, I didn't have a town that had like a 4th of July parade. I have to hear all about this. It's very, very middle America, very Americana. Yeah. Um, so... It's a, it's a short parade. It goes down like Front Street, which is like the main strip. You can walk it in like three minutes. So um, our class, we had about half of the people come back. So about like 12. Uh, and we just got in the back of someone's pickup truck with some class of 03. We had to, someone had to buy a class of 2023 and subtract some extra, <laughs> extra numbers. Which is a little depressing. Um, it is, yeah. Just wrote down blasting, I guess, some 50 cent in the club because that was wow. the music. That was the music of the time. And we were taking it all the way back. In the, in the club was 2003? I think. Or like wow. a little bit before. So yeah, classic, classical music. Wow, that's warrant. Um, I unfortunately remember 2003 because I had already like bottomed out at a bunch of different jobs because I'm 45. So <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't had the opportunity to bottom out yet. I was yeah, yeah. on my way up and now I'm just like in the middle here. Yeah, no, I think I've been in the, I've been in the middle the whole time, but uh, I had some uh, 2003. I didn't realize in the club was from 2003. That's great. It might, it might be like not exactly 2003. It's like of that time period. Okay. So. How did everybody look? Because I mean, like, uh, I didn't have a high school reunion for 20 years uh, because my high school is pretty fucking lame. <laughs> and uh, and that's what Facebook is for. So, yeah, I mean, everybody looked good. I mean, yeah. nobody, nobody looked jacked up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so congrats, class of 2003. You look great. Yeah, you look great. Yeah. A lot of people I thought my gray hair was intentional, but it's not. It's just how it grew in. I like it. It's very, uh, it's very like you're like young Cruella Deville. I think it's very cool. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not skinning puffies for coats anyway. <laughs> just, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Just put that there for the listeners. It's like yeah. we're not doing that <laughs> here at the the No Season Two podcast. Uh, I got nothing to report. I didn't do anything for. I haven't done anything in like two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish I'd say I got drunk. Maybe, maybe I did. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Yeah, uh, probably better that you didn't. Speaking yeah, from no. how my experience was, was not. <laughs> yeah, I bought some records. Nancy Sinatra, anyone? Nice. Uh, I'm really in the disco now. So I bought cool. like the emotions. Are the we going to start seeing that reflected in your wardrobe? No, I mean, I, no. I think I just like the music. Like, I don't know if I like the uh, the outfits, but we can. We I could see can, you with some like platform shoes with some like fish in them. I mean, I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. But you got to figure out how, where to wear this at because you can't I mean, just... 
You can't just roll in the park slope looking like that. You really? Because I see a lot of people rolling in a park slope dressing. Oh, maybe. All right. <laughs> dressing pretty whack. So that that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good place to end. Hey, let's go ahead and start Strangers in the House. Ugh. Um uh, <laughs> uh, it's like, well, we'll get into like the the, the heavy lifting of the show, but uh Strangers in the House is um Original air date, October 20th, 1994. It is written, this is the first time we're actually going to talk about who it was written by. It was written by Jill Gordon. Mm. And uh, I don't see much about Jill Gordon, but I did see that she wrote several episodes of The Wonder Years and several episodes of 30-something. And with knowing that, it felt it has, like a very, very yeah. much like a 30-something episode. So, Megan, let's go with the recap. All right. So, that's a short recap because this episode... Blue chunks. <laughs> Sharon's dad has a heart attack and she stays at Angela's house. Doesn't really want to, but has no place else to go, I guess. Um, Angela has conflicting feelings, wanting to be there for Sharon, but also feeling like she doesn't really have the right to come for her because they aren't really friends anymore. A little later on, we see Rayanne and Sharon have a bit of a bonding moment in the bathroom when Sharon's crying in a bathroom stall. And Rayanne offers to drive Sharon to the hospital to be with her dad. Whether or not that is like self-serving or altruistic, yet to be determined. On the flip side with parents, it's a very parent-heavy episode. Mm -hmm. Sharon's dad is around Graham's age, which I think is like 39, 40 41. <laughs> um, and the heart attack sends Graham into a bit of a spiral of a existential crisis. He's been put in charge of landing an account for their printing business. And he lands the account, but he realizes that he hates his job. Graham tells Patty how he's feeling and she <laughs> she fires him from, from the printing business so that he's able to find a career that he is more passionate about barf. Mm -hmm. Just like, I, I could barely get through this episode. It's it's a tough hang. Um, we didn't get introduced to anybody new, except for, except for Andy, Andy. Churchy, which we saw <laughs> was, on screen. Which, okay, it's been a while since I've like been in a hospital. Me too, me too. <laughs> it seemed very weird that in the hospital, they'd have like TV screens displaying the people in bed Recovery. I thought that was, I meant to look that up. I thought that was very, very, very odd. And it seemed like, it almost seemed more like they were running a sleep experiment. They were like yeah. Keeping tabs on what like people were doing. But like the last thing I would want if I had like a heart attack in the hospital, maybe die, was to have like a video of that blasted to like the waiting room. Absolutely. In fact, what, what what made it even strange is like they just cut to it and then they just cut back. It's like it was like, oh, let's just show this thing for like a second. It's like I guess it's a pretty pretty sweet acting job. You just get to lay there. So uh, <laughs> be filmed. Shout, I shout guess. out to Andy Churchky. He was on the screen <laughs> for all of two seconds. Yeah. So that was like the one person we got introduced to, who had to who plays a major part, pop point in the in the show, who has a yeah. line. <laughs> the <And>, plot point. <laughs> The motivator for like everything in this episode. It Ugh. is a loaded, loaded biggest loser category. Oh God. Wait, <laughs> yeah, like we we'll just wait till we get to that because the field is loaded. I was like, whoa. It's it like is. loser, loser, loser. 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 <laughs> so we have now watched, I think this is episode seven. We have now watched I think it's eight. Uh, 
eight, eight, eight. Yeah, it's episode eight. It's. Do you think this is the weakest we've had so far? Um. Yes, and. I can almost I can almost barely remember what happened in the last episode, and I think this episode is worse. Well, it's it why George so, can't lead. Is it last was, week. Oh, right, right. This was so boring. I get. I didn't realize when I like I have forgotten a lot about this show. I didn't realize that there was a lot of focus on the parents, and it's like the show is called like My So Called Life. But who is the my in this situation? Correct. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting too much Graham. Way too much Graham. I got way too much Patty. And I'm kind of like a Patty apologist, but I got way too I, much Patty in this episode. Over here at my house, we're Team Patty, for sure. I, but it was, that was way too, too much, much, too much Patty. Way, way too, too much Brian. Brian. Yeah. Oh, Brian. I you know, Brian. If it wasn't for the If it wasn't for the narration, there are a couple of episodes that seem to be almost Brian's story and less Angela's story. Ugh. <sighs> Because think about all the one-on-ones that he gets. He gets one-on-one with Sharon. Yeah. He gets one-on-one with Ricky. He gets one-on-one with Angela. It seemed more like a Brian. Yes. Like, you can make a case that Brian is, might be the heavy lifting of the show. Which is, like, unfortunate because he sucks. He's, he's not good. This is not a great Brian episode. Granted, there's some other big losers before that. I mean, we're already getting into it. Let's go ahead and talk about the big losers. I've got, <laughs> there's a lot of people in this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw Graham. Yes. In the, in, the, in the running. Yes. Kyle. Yes. In the running. Yes. Angela. In yes. the running. Rayanne. In the running. Yes. Um, let's go ahead and throw Jordan in there too. <laughs> Jordan sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, I can't say my biggest loser without saying my biggest winner. So my biggest winner was Andy because he, <laughs> I mean, he survived the heart attack. He did. Runner-up was Ricky because, like, he was, like, the least annoying person in this episode. And for Biggest Loser, I had, like, everybody else because literally every person in this episode outside of Andy and Ricky were just fucking awful at various points. We've got Brian reading way too much into, like, Sharon being upset and needing people to talk to. We've got Angela, who... I don't know, can't get out of her own head to just be like, I'm sorry that you're not having a heart attack. We've got Danielle, who's like, I don't know, blaming her mom for Graham, like, being upset. We got Patty trying to fuck Graham in the hospital while Andy's fighting for his life. We've got Graham being like, I hate my job. It's like, we all hate our fucking job, Graham. It's called being an adult. It's called being an adult. That's what I had my notes. It's like, this is what it's called being an adult. And then Kyle can't even call his fucking girlfriend back when her dad's in the hospital. That's like bare minimum boyfriend stuff. It really is. I mean, like, do you think, so she stays the night at at home. Do you think her and Kyle had sex that night? (laughs) Like, after he finally got back to her? Yeah. I want to say, yeah, because like probably. they're in high school and she was probably yeah. like, oh, finally. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah no shit. <laughs> Huge uh, vomit. I, I'm actually OK with the, the eight, eight person tie. <laughs> the it was a, that was a harsh, harsh episode. I was like, man, all these people suck. It's that there, there's a reason why we need to have like diverse writers rooms. Because I, I would have, somebody had to been in there. I was like, hey, listen, how about we not write this this way? Yeah. Maybe we do less of Brian for this episode. Yeah. How about we just forget that Brian exists for like 50 minutes? For like a, for like an episode. Because he has, um, I mean, okay. I feel like we just like 
back up, start from the top. They're in class. A girl comes into class, hands a teacher a note. Angela, I think, thinks it's going to be about her or something because I'm getting that vibe from her, like looking at this girl bringing in this note. It's for Sharon. But then we see that Graham is like outside because obviously these families are close. And so he's there to like take Sharon to the hospital. And then like Sharon's mom, Camille, in shock, I would say, about her husband having a heart attack, (laughs) kind of like... Taking it better, I would say, than Graham and Patty, who are making Which, this situation entirely about themselves. One of the things that I noticed the first time I watched it, as compared to the second time I watched it, I felt that like the tone of the show was going to be about how she's cool and how Graham and Patty are kind of like cray cray. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's yes. like it's like I just like I don't know what you're worried about. I'm fine. Yeah, Patty's like needs yeah. to be comforted by Camille because Patty's crying. And then Graham is like, oh, this could be me. My life is so terrible. Right, I have this exactly. I have this giant house and I have, I have exactly. disposable income and my life is so bad. It's like, shut the fuck up. It's, it's a great segue to who my biggest winner is. And my biggest winner is Camille. She had two of the funnier <laughs> lines in the, on the end of the show. And that's the scene in which she's talking to Patty. And she says, like, they gave him a Xanax. Maybe they should give you one too. <laughs> great line. <laughs> I did take note that Camille was said to Patty, which when she kind of finally a little bit breaks down, she's like, I need Andy. Like, I wish I was more like you. Like, you don't need your husband. Right, right. Your husband sucks so bad that you'd be fine without him. I, in a way, in a way, I kind of wish they had maybe taken that part out because I didn't think I need, it needed that. She's like, because it, it was like, it was such a total shift. She's like eating the, the tour and then like, yeah. oh my gosh. She's like, and I was like, oh. Graham was so upset and so like just his life sucks so bad. He couldn't sleep. So he makes a tort and he it's, brings it to the hospital. And like, they, I just hate Graham. I, no, it was, it was not a great Graham episode. And they've been laying the groundwork for what they want to do yeah. with that character anyway. So in a way, this may have been a necessary episode, but I just don't think they needed all of this for this. No. For this, for this show. The other great line that Camille has which I thought was actually pretty funny. She said, you see that woman over there? She's blaming me for Andy's heart attack because of my sexual, my sexual demands, more like my <laughs> sexual commands. But that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, it was a, it's, so my big winner this, this week is Camille. I thought Camille was very, very funny. The Shursky family. The Shursky family. Going forward, I think I don't need to see them for a while. Yes, I don't need to. Honestly, I could do without any adult for a little Outside bit. of like maybe a teacher for a while. Yeah, for a Bring little back bit. Mr. Racine. Yeah, I know, right? That's the only adult I want to see in this, in this show. Even he was like... Eh, even he sucked, but at least he was yeah. like, could figure out that Jordan couldn't fucking read. He also said Jordan was smart, so it shows you how to have a teacher. <laughs> True. Made, <but laughs> True. Speaking of Jordan, there's a scene where Angela... Angela's upset and... I think it's after she sees Rayanne and Sharon in the bathroom together. Uh-huh. And then they cut to a shot of like Jordan walking underneath the bleachers, smoking, brooding, brooding and smoking. <laughs> and then we see Angela come up doing like classic Claire Danes cry, pre-cry face. And he's like, oh, you upset or something? <laughs> the emotional quotient of like a rock. Yeah. Do you think that Angela maybe hand it up a little bit just to get close to, to Jordan. Um, 
I mean, it I guess little... I guess you would I guess you would have to because he's so he's so dense yeah, that yeah. like you would need to be like sobbing. Oh, you're upset. You're upset. <laughs> <laughs> and like she's just like I guess. And then she like inches, he's like got his back turned to her and she's like inching closer and closer so that eventually if he turns around, he'll have no choice but to, I guess, embrace embrace her and comfort her. But then that's busted up because his bandmate comes. Yeah. So we, uh, the running gag on the show, not really a running gag, but a gag that like, that lives on forever, whether it's been mentioned in uh, Juno or other TV shows, is like there's a character named Tino that gets mentioned but we never see that was definitely that's not Tino because no. like nobody nobody mentions it <laughs> Tino who the fuck is that guy that's uh the drummer oh the drummer right uh, right the guy frozen the embryos. yeah terrible and I think man. that might actually be Jared Leto's like real life real brother. brother Shannon but they do Shannon mention Leto. Tino Ryan does mention Tino in this episode we, we got she says Tino, Tino Tino loves hospitals because she's saying that she can give Sharon a ride or Tino will give her a ride. Tino loves hospitals. Is okay. Tino there a lot? Yeah, well. He's eating at the cafeteria. <laughs> I wonder if the actor who's supposed to play Tino is like, I'm supposed to be in all these episodes. They just, they just mentioned me. They may have lost the budget or whatever. Uh, let's get move on to the categories. What was your favorite fit from this episode? I have two. Okay, good. So... At the beginning, the girl who walks in to bring the note to the teacher, she's wearing baggy light denim, like a wide black belt, mm-hmm. a black crop, a black tube top, and then like a denim shirt over it. It's a cool outfit. It holds up, cool. I think. It's kind of like a classic outfit. And then, of course, Ricky, at the end, when Angela's doing a voiceover, Ricky's wearing a blue blue collared jacket with I think like hummingbirds on it. That jerk, that jacket is fire. And like a floral, like a deep floral shirt with a, I think a silver tie and like a cross. And that yeah. look is amazing. That jacket he has on his fucking. Grease. I'm going to be that looking for this awesome. jacket for the rest of my life. I had that on my list. I got two other ones that I enjoyed. There's the guy, there's a kid in the background. Uh, this is also very 1994. He's wearing a long leather jacket with a black hat. Which mm. is very much like, Joe to see like very hip hop in, in 1994. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was kind of red. I also, I actually kind of dug Krakow's uh, cardigan over the brown shirt because I, I think a cardigan is kind of a dope look. There's a lot of cardigans on the show to begin with anyway. Yeah. I liked his, I liked the one that he had on. I think if we had like a worse outfit category, Angela would win every time. Even it's not for my the, favorite. Even for the time she keeps really, even when it's about like, a plaid with stripes and flannel and tights and shorts and cardigans. She can't figure it out. Yeah, it's almost like they're like they're throwing a bunch of styles together. It's like this is what they probably wore in ninety nine four. Ricky, give give Angela some tips. Yeah, because like she she'll have a top that I'm like, all right, that's very much of the time. But then she'll just messes it up with like four other layers of other yes. bullshit. Like what yes. are you doing? It's rough. So Megan, unfortunately, this is one of the first episodes in which we didn't have like a great. Needle drop moment. We did not. But I have prepared something for you. Okay. And so we, towards the end, we get to the final, one of the final scenes is when Angela comes into Sharon's room and Sharon is listening to a Walkman. So usually we'll have like a needle drop is like, whether it was TLC or whatever it was, 
I'm going to ask you, Megan, co-host of the No Season 2 podcast, what do you think Sharon was listening to? Now, before you answer, I'm going to give you a list of songs that came out in 1994. Okay, good. Good. All right. So the number one single of 1984 is Ace of Bases, The Sign. Nice. <laughs> it's a great year for Ace of Base because the number nine single and the number 10 single, All That She Wants and Don't Turn Around, also from Ace of Base. Well, Max now, Martin and Dennis Paul. <laughs> there you go. King, kingmakers. <laughs> but this is also a great, great year for, let's say, the, I, I don't know if I would call them boy bands, but like bands like uh, the Boys to Men's and I'll Make Love to You, the All for Ones and I Swear. The Color Me great, Bads. The Color Me Bads. It's like, that's the year before because I looked that up uh, to make sure. Okay. <laughs> and then this is also a great, great, like kind of like a pop year if you're into Celine Dion, which is the power of love, Mariah Carey's hero. And then also a big year for, for kind of like a younger pop star, like Tony Braxton, Aaliyah, Janet Jackson's again comes out in 1994. And then I'm going to give you one more genre that's actually kind of amazing that came out in 1994. You get some really, really decent, like, kind of big hip-hop, whether it's salt and pepper Shoop, Warren G and Nate Dogg's Regulate, and there's one other one that The Brats Functified all came out in 1994. So now that you've got all this information, what do you think Sharon was listening to? Oh, I definitely think she was listening to Ace of Base. <laughs> I don't, because like, I can't picture, like Angela was listening to like the Cranberries. And right. then she they has that conversation with her dad where she says she listens to like. Stone Temple Pilots and Porno for Pyros. Yeah. So. She's watching like 120 minutes on yeah, MTV. Yeah. Yes. And Sharon yeah. is watching like whatever they're playing during the day. Yes. Which I honestly, think- like the sign is a great song. Ace of Base is a great group. <laughs> There is no Ace of Base uh, hate on this podcast. This is a very pro Ace of Base. I think for me, and I do have a, a song picked out because I know you know it. I think what she's listening to is because Sharon is kind of a nerd. Mm-hmm. I think she's listening to like Brian Adams, like that sort of thing. <laughs> so I think she's listening to All for Love, which is which also came out in 1994. The Brian <laughs> Adams, Rod Stewart, Sting song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had the I had the cassette single. The of, single. Yeah, the cassette single <laughs> of that song because it was from the Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers, that's correct. With Chris O'Donnell, Charlie Sheen, Oliver Platt for some reason. Yeah, a movie about and, three about a group of Frenchmen played by Americans. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, there I, was I, someone I else in there. Movie. Yeah. It was a movie. great movie and great song. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think he's. I think she's listening to that or something along those lines. So. <laughs> I was kind of a, so like in the beginning they they do like a I don't know they show like Sharon's room or right. something. They she had posters on her wall, and I was like trying to get a glimpse of like who it was. And I think there was like a Jonathan Brandis poster on her wall. As one should have that in that year. I, I'm a big Jonathan Brandis fan. So how could you not be sidekick? Anyone? <laughs> Ladybugs, anyone? Ladybugs is a dope movie. <laughs> it's so good. It's 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 the premise is ridiculous. But like yeah, fucking probably crazy. doesn't hold up for a lot of people. No, 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 now, no, no, but no. <laughs> I still enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to be of like a certain age to sort of go. All right, that's I, I can watch that. That's an amazing movie. Yeah. <laughs>
But again, we're moving along in those categories. So we're kind of in the, not the halfway point, but like uh, we are uh, a little a little less, uh, like right, right around the halfway point, because I think there's 19 episodes, we're in episode eight. What does like thinking of like what's going to be in the, the next episode? Um, I, don't, I guess we'll get more of like Graham's career journey. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you something. I think you're going to be right, because next week's episode is written also by Jill Gordon. And I've already, that's kind of the reason why I wanted to mention that was because like, uh, those, I think the only two episodes she wrote was this week and next week. So I think we're going to get no more offense, of, but thank God. <laughs> yeah. I think we get more of Jill Gordon's story. And this, this next week's episode, I already know what it's titled. I love TV shows on like that were network television that, that in essence, like, uh, what was going on in like, uh, in the world was like, uh, like Thanksgiving was happening. They have like a Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Yeah. Next I love week's that. Episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, next week's episode is Halloween, so they're they're on that's October twenty seventh. So we know this is a Halloween episode, and this is one of the few episodes that I remember from when I was watching it in real time. I'm actually gonna be pleased when you when you get to yeah, watch it. Yeah, I I have no recollection of it. I do remember this episode watching it. You were supposed to share like uh, how you related to Graham. Oh, I was gonna do it at the end. Um, uh, it's been like a kind of a tough week and I would be remiss to like, uh, like to dedicate this episode's podcast to, uh, my dear friend, Chris Burnham. Um, he's my, my friend from college husband, but we became friends in the past like 10 years and he, he, uh, he left us this week. So like, um, mm. uh, and, uh, I've had, a, I've been like going to, in my mind, it was like, cause we're around the same age as like almost sort of like, like a, a gram kind of weird parallel. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh Jesus. <laughs> I was worried that you were going to like. Not that, which is, I'm sorry for your loss, but you were going to be like, I relate to Graham on like a deep personal level. And I was going to be like, I can't do this podcast anymore. <laughs> no, I think, I think that, I don't know what they were going for, but I'm, I think they didn't do a good enough job of like, nah, if, if like the character Andy had died. Yeah. Then it gives you like an opportunity to like reflect. It's like, I'm the same age. Just like, yeah. Uh, not to bring it back to like something personal, but like, uh, like losing Chris, I was sort of like, I mean, like, these are things that you have to think about when you get to a certain age. Yeah. As, uh, so, like, uh, I think that's what I was thinking about. And maybe I could sort of relate to what he was thinking about. But he did, he did it in such a fucking lame-ass way. Like, again, like, almost zero winners in this episode. Yeah. Almost all losers. Go get a fucking drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Like, Go I don't know. Take a shot. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, I don't think it helped that, like, Patty was also acting psychotic during this right, episode right. and making this like about herself. And then there's all this like, oh, don't forget you have this meeting for this account. And I'm sorry, this is like what a mid-level printing business in Pittsburgh in like the 90s. Like, let's like, this isn't like, you know. Xerox yeah. or something. No shit. <laughs> like, what they what they don't realize is like in a handful of yeah, years yeah. they're gonna be obsolete yeah. anyway. So he should he should, you know, <laughs> he should be he should be pleased with these like glory days he's having having yeah. right now. But yeah, I'm gonna give you one hundred, Graham. Your business is gonna be out of fucking business in about twenty yeah. years. <laughs> I also think that maybe part of the reason why I thought Graham sucked so much with his like I'm not happy at my job and like, this isn't what I want to do. And it's like, Hey, is anyone like happy in no. their job? Like I have a job because like, I need a paycheck, like no offense <laughs> where I work, but I'm there mainly because of the paycheck. Like it's not anything I'm like passionate about. Let's be real. It's called being an adult. Like you need money to survive. Unfortunately. And unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that's mentioned, I think in the pilot 
it's mentioned in the pilot that, that he works for Patty. Yeah. So. But also, like, do you, I wonder, like, I don't think this was, like, Patty's dream, right? Because, no. like, her dad had, like, a heart attack, right? And she sort of took over the printing business. So it's like, does she want to be doing this either? But she's, right. like, bucking up and realizes she has to support two children. <laughs> Like a husband that now doesn't have a job. Doesn't have a job. Also, the one thing that sticks out of my mind, having been to like several printing companies and like that place was a fucking disaster. Yeah, I don't know. What were they printing? Besides the school's like like, like, literary magazine. It was, there was just shit everywhere. Most printing houses don't look like that, by the way. (laughs) I mean, it's, they're not passionate about it. That's why. why Clearly not. Clearly not. (laughs) Yeah, I want to know what Patty's passion is besides like trying to have sex with her husband in a ho- hospital while their friend may be dying. Yeah, well, I mean, be last thing on my mind. It's not. It's not high up there on, on on mine either. And I think about sex all the time. It's just the smell <laughs> of hospitals. The smell like of hospitals. Not, in it's winter. not like a. It's not like a sexy place. No matter how much like Grey's no. Anatomy tries to tell you, <laughs> it's like no, 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 a no. sexy place to like seduce someone. No, there's only one sexy place in this home. Every other place, <laughs> I'm like, this is gross. <laughs> I know when people talk about like air, like airplane bathrooms, it's like really, like how can you even gross. fit two people in there? <laughs> gross. Or people need help anywhere. Or bathrooms anywhere. Yes. I'm like, yeah. this is disgusting. People need help. People yeah, need no. therapy. Believe if me, you think it's... having sex in a hospital is sexy, please seek help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're a just therapist to talk about this. Yeah, especially when your friend is. Fighting for his life on the yeah. big screen that's being projected. <laughs> like, I feel like it's a great way to end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been George. That has been Megan. That has been Strangers in the House, <laughs> episode eight of my so-called life. We will see you guys next week. 